podcast fam, get ready to meet one of the nicest guys in Gainesville. Reed Fogler is the owner of a unique and charming apartment community called Woodbury Row. I met Reed through a mutual friend a few years ago, and he is someone I'm proud to call a friend and mentor. Hear how he became the owner of a premier piece of real estate next to the University of Florida. And we also talk about investing in real estate and the stock market. It's a great episode. Enjoy. You are listening to WHOA Podcast, coming to you from Gainesville, Florida. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the WHOA GNV Podcast, the podcast bringing you businesses and individuals that make you go, whoa. <laughs> I am your host, Con Austin. My co-host is Michael Dees. This is now brought to you by GameStop, right? <laughs> Dude, did you get any of that stuff? No, but like... So during COVID, we we really realized how it's not a good idea to get too far ahead of things because of the news cycles are like, right, and, right, and right. what an example, because last time we recorded, this was not going on and now it's maybe it's at its end, but, but what a, what a whirlwind that's all been. Yeah. For everybody's listening, we're recording on February 2nd right? and this is going out on, what was the 15th? The 15th. Yeah. So I mean, that's, there's been a lot happening. It's been a whole hell of a lot that's happened. Uh, and the, and the stock market, uh, retail investing and new, some new buzzwords or maybe they're not new buzzwords, but, but people have learned it's like i think everybody's watched the wolf of wall street on repeat for the last two weeks like it's, it's been crazy <laughs> and uh i got you hooked on robin hood during the pandemic for better or worse i'm not, I'm not in 2020 sure. so so now how do you feel with all this stuff going on and them like you know blocking people from buying stock oh boy that's uh <laughs> that's crazy um so to answer your question i mean it, it's been fun it's been fun to get into um it's a little bit more of uh more than a hobby for me at this point. Yeah. Uh, Cause I've, I've done well. I, it's funny. Like I've, I've lost it faster than I gained it, but I've gained, I've gotten into some real money twice and then lost it within like a week. So, so you're giving your two weeks notice. <laughs> no, cause like I said, I keep, I keep losing it. So it's like every time oh, good. before the ink is dried on the two week notice, it's like, Oh no, nope, let's, let's just, you know, save that for later. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it's crazy though. The way that they, uh, Robin hood especially had to, uh, do some stuff, yeah. you know, and, and questionable legality, who knows, there's gonna be class action lawsuits. Yeah. It's been a crazy thing to follow, even if you're not in it, it's just, it's been something that's pretty historic. My, my favorite thing though has been like seeing, you know, AOC and Donald Trump Jr. like all like agreeing right. on stuff. Right, Ted <laughs> Cruz, like, all like, of it, yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, who would have thought this is what's gonna pull the parties together? <laughs> Biden called for unity and this is how we got it, I don't know, but oh, oh, what, a, what a ride it's been. But, it would be interesting know? to do like a mastermind session on that. Like, Oh yeah. On on stock, it's and just you know, Robin Hood and a lot of these apps that have really put the power into your hand, right? Right, like, it's pretty, pretty crazy, but anyway, definitely a lot happening in the world. And you guys, uh, we'll have to, we'll have to make that happen sometime. That'd be, that'd be super interesting, but. You guys, I, we have a great show for you today. I'm excited to get into it. But before we do, I definitely want to thank the incredible sponsors that make this show happen. Have you it's noticed those? What, what, what? I said it's not GameStop. <laughs> have you noticed those blue collar signs all over Gainesville? Those are the signs of progress. The GNV Commercial Advisory Team of Collier's Gainesville is the region's top commer- commercial real estate team. When you need to buy or sell commercial land or buildings, find a new space for your business, or lease out a property you own, turn to the GNV Commercial Advisory team. They close more than 60 deals a year. Shouldn't yours be one of them? Check out all of their services at colliers.com slash Gainesville. Love those guys. They also give us these nice little cups to, uh, to you know, use. Your- yeah, to hold my my <laughs> uh, drink surprise there, my surprise drink. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, big shout out to the UF Mover guys. If you need help moving your home or your business, give our friends Brad and Jordan a call at UF Mover guys. These guys literally do it all: full service packing. They move all your bulky items, disassemble your furniture, and if you need storage, they got your back there too. Uh, you don't have to pay anything up front. You pay once the move is completed, and you are completely satisfied. Uh, these guys have over 600 Google reviews with a 4.9 star rating for a reason. Give them a call now at 352-415-0886 or visit their website at ufmoverguys.com. Yeah. I love that they don't like charge anything until you're satisfied. Yeah, no mileage or anything. That? It's just like they want to make sure you're perfectly happy. And if you're anything like me and you hate moving, I mean, like what a, what a no brainer that is. It's awesome. 
And uh, real quick, before we get into the show, I also wanted to give a couple of shout outs to some listeners and friends um, because I've gotten some really great feedback from some people who are avid, you know, passionate listeners, which makes me even more happy. Uh, and it's been awesome. So I just want to say thank you to Josh Bush. Josh is always messaging me some incredible feedback. Josh, you are awesome, man. I just want to give you a shout out and say thank you so much for all the feedback that you give me. And uh, and also wanted to give so much love to Elio Piedra, Jorge Villalobos, Paul Prusikowski, and Pablo Casalimas, who have all been on this show. Um, there's a lot of really cool community co- collaboration going on right now. And these guys just uh, released a nonprofit podcast called The Nonprofit Report. Um, I love what these guys are doing. Mad props to all of them. Make sure you check them out by typing nonprofitreport.live into your browser and check out some of the great things that they are doing. If you have a nonprofit, definitely hit them up. I'm sure that they're going to want to get you on that show at some point. Uh, but just all of these like great podcasts and the community coming together to really just build each other up. And I just absolutely love it. So mad love to all of you guys. And uh, yeah, man. It's quite a roster of names and I'm glad you got through it all without a, know, without a right? hiccup too. That was good. That was good. I'm getting better. I can like start some, some solid Scrabble names, names right. right there. <laughs> oh, you guys. I am so excited about today because we have Reed Fogler, the owner of Woodbury Row Apartment Complex. Reed, what is up, man? Man, I don't know. I mean, I'm glad to be here. We, we've talked about getting to do this, so I'm just fired up. I'm, I am texting because I'm not such a podcaster, but I'm, I just texted my family to tell them I'm doing a podcast. <laughs> so uh, trying to get, trying to get. He's got the the glasses and the hat. I feel like he was like coming in here trying to impersonate somebody. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I put him up on my hat. No, but then I got to bend my my brow thing. You to like you got to like do the Colin pro- professional you know? yeah. at this. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you guys that are listening, Reed is a personal friend of mine and somebody who's become very much a mentor in my life. And dude, I'm like, I've wanted to do this for a while and I'm glad that we were able to make it happen. So thanks for coming in. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. No, so. We've had a lot of uh, good times and good talks over the years. Uh, uh, you know, uh, I don't know. People probably don't know how we know each other, but, uh, you know, you really helped me at a pivotal time. I was, I was building some more of our apartments at Woodbury Row and, uh, we were getting a little bit behind. It's funny the UF Mover guys actually helped us uh, in that situation. Uh, uh, so, so I think pretty much every one of your sponsors I, I, I have a personal connection to. Uh, but the the uh, uh, I, I'm building these buildings. I'm going, man, I got to get this stuff rented. And I'm like, it's it's not like it used to be. I need somebody who can reach the kids. And uh, somebody put you and I in touch. And Newell Fox, shout out to Newell, Newell Fox. Ah, yeah, Newell, oh, by the way, Newell, I uh, I had a Newell Fox. Uh, roll at Volcanic the other day. Uh, it's the most expensive roll on the menu, which doesn't surprise me. Is it, his, is it his roll? Yeah, it's literally called the Newell Fox roll, and it, it has everything. It's like like if you opened up like a, a 68 uh, Cadillac's trunk and pulled everything out, that is what is in a Newell Fox roll. Uh, but it was really good. It was good, and and now and now I'm having so, to, to diet because I ate that much, and now I can't eat Sarah's cookies even though they're really good. And I've only had three. We've had so Newell Fox was on the show before. He's like the only guest to like <laughs> he like stood up. He like we because we had the the bars like these ones right? right, and he like stood up, pulled the microphone up. He's like stood there the whole time. I'm like looking up at him like this. <laughs> Early days. But uh, yeah, that, that was a good episode. I don't remember what number it was, but definitely go back and check it out because there's a lot of value. You filled info in that show. Noel's a fun guy. We we go to uh, we go to Mildred's, which is another good local eatery. So we go to Mildred's and uh, uh, we game plan because uh, Mildred's has uh, has the white paper on the table. So so we bring in our, <laughs> so like, our writing utensils and uh, and and we sit there and and I draw up football plays for his flag football team and uh, and then and then he he makes copious notes on on our flow chart and our pyramid and and, and our plans on on how we're going to continue to like I'm sorry we did spill food on this but can we take this oh home we take with the whole us? thing we take no no, <laughs> no tears this? it off into important pieces and it goes into different pockets yeah yeah so so uh, uh, no so was. so Newell is how we got connected yeah and then and then our team came in and really helps uh, Woodbury Road get some of those apartments yeah. built, which is an amazing complex and I'm excited to kind of hear like how you Thank how you got into it um, sure but do you want to say anything else on that part before we? No, no, but story? yeah, yeah, no, yeah. So, so yeah, yeah. Newberry, uh, Woodbury Row is awesome, and uh, and I was a little bit of a nervous cat, but but you did. You came in and you helped us get fully, fully leased up, and uh, 
uh, and that was awesome. And UF Mover guys helped move a bunch of people in because we actually part of my concern was we were uh, a little behind uh, on scheduling, and we were afraid we weren't going to get everybody in. So we actually stored a bunch of our resident stuff. Uh, uh, and UF Mover guys helped us with all that, and then uh, brought it over. Everybody was thrilled to death, and uh, so yeah, it was actually a really good beginning for you and I to get together, and, and a great way to uh, to get going. And UF Mover guys actually helped everybody come in and be really happy and excited about a time when it could have been a little stressful. So it was really good. So thanks to those guys. That's great. Got that whole complex filled up that year. Yeah, yeah, That's awesome. One hundred percent, which we we usually do, but uh, but that was the most people we'd ever had there. We had about uh fifty seven new bedrooms. New unit. Uh, those are new units. Yeah, I think we did. I think it was about fifty seven new, new bedrooms. Units. That was phase three, which uh, uh, we've done three phases of construction over there. Yeah, probably have one more to go. Cool. Well, so I want to hear like how you even became the owner of Woodbury. What was funny is like, this is what's so great about the show is like, I always have these relationships. I know a lot of people in town and, but I don't really you know, the know story. I don't really know like the 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 seeds that were planted years ago that led to this moment and yeah. how we even got to working together. So yeah. I would love to like hear just your story. Yeah, sure. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, I told you coming on, I was like, I don't have anything to push, but you know, <laughs> you know, is. I love real estate. I, I, uh, uh, I grew up, uh, uh, you know, y'all were talking about uh, uh, GameStop, and uh, so I'm a I'm a third generation investor. Uh, my grandfather uh, uh, lived up in, in New York City, and uh, uh, he was an attorney up there, but he wound up making a pretty good living uh, in the stock market. Was able to retire very young. Uh, actually uh, retired and went to Yale Drama School at one point as uh, as uh, living off of uh, his investments. Uh, and then my dad, my dad actually ran a pension investment business out of Gainesville, uh, uh, and he's he's an equities guy and still runs some money for some people and uh, runs his own portfolio. And, and, and you know he's uh, he's somewhere in his seventies and he just had his best year ever in the market. Absolutely killed it Dang. last year. Yeah, yeah. So uh, my dad's you know every time I'm like, how you doing, dude? He's like, I'm great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's like all I do is sit home with your wife, my mom. Uh, uh, you know they've been coviding it for uh, you know eleven months now or whatever. So. Uh, uh, I think they got their second shot uh, Saturday, so uh, they're Yay. they're about to get out and about. Yeah. But yeah, so um, I grew up in a family in uh, in the uh, mid seventies. Uh, my mother went to work for them and Parish family uh, selling real estate, and uh, uh, she and uh, Sally Giles were partners in a bunch of stuff and. Uh, uh, and worked real estate together, and uh, Sally was my first realtor, and so I just grew up in the business, uh, seeing uh, you know what real estate could do. I went to uh, Martha Manson Academy and Oak Hall School early on. Eventually graduated from PK Young, but you know Oak Hall School was uh, you know there were basically a lot of rich families there, and uh, most of those dads were doctors and lawyers, and I wasn't awesome at academics. And uh, and I but I kind of wanted to be a rich kid like those families were and and uh, I looked at and all the other dads that were making money uh, uh, were in real estate and I, I thought well I could do that and my mom and Sally and other people gave me good direction and uh, kind of turned me on to it so uh, when I was just turned twenty one even before I was twenty one I I started looking for my first piece of real estate to buy and uh, managed to do that bought a great house right across from the O'Connell Center and gutted it and fixed it up before we were flipping houses before people were flipping houses uh and just started fixing it up with a buddy of mine danny mead who i'd known since kindergarten and we uh we i got got myself three roommates and they were paying my mortgage uh my mortgage was 627 bucks a month and they were paying 200 dollars each so i was living for 27 dollars a month and that was a pretty good gig. That's 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 how I got started. And you know, uh, so where did you get the money for that first investment? So it, it's a good question. Uh, when I was uh, twelve years old, my grandfather died, and I was told he left me money to go to college. And uh, I think my parents uh, were crossing their fingers that I would make it into a college, and uh, I did. I uh, went to Appalachian State, uh, and and when I came back to UF, what I realized was that. Uh, that that money was actually an inheritance and and uh it i didn't have to use it to go to college and being in state i had enough that uh that i'd be able to pay for my in-state tuition and and put down a deposit on a house and so i did uh, my, my father co-signed for me so you know uh we talk about people being lucky or being born on third base and uh certainly i had some of that i've had plenty of challenges in my life but uh uh i also i'm, I'm a little bit 
proud of the fact that that for the opportunities I was given, I've been able to do pretty well with it. And uh, and you know now the things I'm passionate about is, is really trying to help other people get starts. I've got two kids that played football for me at PK Young that that I'm mentoring them and working with them. And we've we've talked about Robin Hood and getting on that. And uh, uh, you know we were working on that before. GameStop came along, so so now we're kind of observing it. But uh, but we are. We're talking about you know how do you get capital together, or how do you make an investment? How how you know what what's investing for the long haul versus just trading and, and hoping? And you know is hope a good strategy? You know so um, I'm I'm loving working with those guys. Uh, and and uh, you know for me that's what kind of gets me excited and gets me out of bed. Uh, I have meetings and stuff that I have to do as a grown-up guy, but really I'm excited about, you know, how do you help the next generation, that next group of entrepreneurs, the next group of guys that, that just want to have a different circumstance. And, you know, that's what I was. I was a kid at O'Call that was in a good circumstance, but I was like, man, I really want to do this. And, and uh, I was motivated to make money. I thought that would give me freedom uh, that, to where I wouldn't have to count on people. Turns out you still have to count on people, but, uh, which isn't a bad thing. <laughs> So that's that's you know, that was kind of my motivation, uh, you know, getting getting to uh, getting to Woodbury Row, which uh, you know is uh, uh, right across from campus, uh, and I'm not advertising it, but it, it's a really really good property. And uh, uh, I got there uh, partnering up with uh, my buddy Wells Thelosen, who uh, is a no call grad. Uh, like I said, I graduated from PK. Wells was best man in my wedding. And, uh, you know, I remember, and I don't know that I remember this right, but this is how I tell the story. Uh, Stacy, my wife, uh, loves to call me out for telling my story. She's like, that's not how it happened. I was like, oh, you're going to ruin a good story. Uh, you know, so so uh, this may not be how Stacy tells the story, but it's certainly how I tell the story. I was selling pharmaceuticals. I uh, had a great gig. I'd been in the real estate business selling for M.M. Parish, and then I took a job selling pharmaceuticals. Uh, I loved selling real estate. Of real estate, I could not stand selling pharmaceuticals, and I had a great job. And this was the early two thousands, and you know we're we're all just pushing pharmaceuticals. I'm pushing an antidepressant. Uh, I've got a huge budget. I'm buying doctors' wine and taking them out to dinner. It's that whole industry has changed, and it's not what it used to be, and it and it shouldn't be what it used to be because it, it was ridiculous. But uh, so I'm doing that, and and I'm realizing like this is not me. I don't, you know, I go in to talk to these doctors, and I'm talking to them more about real estate because that's what I love, and that's what they love, uh, and they they already know about being doctors, so they want to hear more about real estate and how they can make money doing that or trading stocks, and so that's what we're doing, and uh, I'm I'm bummed out about my job. And I remember my buddy Wells calling me, and I remember just laying on the floor in, in our bedroom. We live in a house over by the law school, and uh, we we haven't even had our first child, and and so I'm just laying there, and, and my wife knows I'm bummed out. Wells probably knows I'm bummed out, and he's like, "Man, we ought to do something together. We ought to go into real estate together." And Wells is he's just a tremendously bright person, unbelievably high quality character. Was uh, he in pharmaceuticals too? No, no, okay. uh, no. But he, he was doing them. No, uh, Wells. So, so a good question. So, so I, I'm I'm telling you how great Wells is, and, and Wells winds up in real estate with me. But what what y'all would know Wells from if if you're in Gainesville is uh, um, the brewery uh, First Magnitude. So Wells and his wife, and uh, two of our friends John and Christine Denny, they all started First Magnitude, mm. and uh, uh, I had an opportunity to invest in that. And uh, and didn't and the only reason I didn't was because Wells said, "Well, Reed, you already quit drinking. You you'll never be able to test the product." And he, he was right. But uh, but the business has done very well. Uh, it's raised a bunch of char- money for uh, charitable causes in Gainesville. It's a it's it's a cool place to go. Uh, that's just another one of the successes Wells has had. Uh, we did real estate. We were very successful uh, with what we were able to accomplish, uh, and in no small part uh, due to him. Uh, he, so that was what sparked it. Yeah, it was like let's go into real estate. Was well saying, yeah, do it. Yeah, yeah, and I just you know it was it was. But it did, was, like, what was he doing at that time? So he he was in town. This is another story that I tell that's probably not exactly accurate. He uh, 
Well, Wells, Wells. Well, welcome to the fictional stories of yeah. the WHOH and podcast, everybody. Right, right, right. right. Yeah. The fact checkers are over here going. <laughs> fact checkers. <laughs> no, Sarah's like that did not happen that way. Uh, so, so Wells, uh, Wells was the third kid in his family to go to Georgetown University, and probably believe the last kid. To, in his family to ever go to Georgetown University uh, because uh, uh, he was not, uh, he did not feel like as good of a student as the first two in his family. But so Wells, Wells is the most overeducated uh, roof truss designer and a seller in the world. He's got a degree from university, Georgetown University, but he sells uh, roof trusses uh, for Ridgeway Roof Trust, which is the business he now owns. His, his father owned it all when we were growing up. And uh, his dad still works in the business. Uh, Carl Thalosen's a great mentor of mine and a tr- tremendously hard worker. But Wells Wells was doing the roof trusses. But what, what I was laughing about, uh, the story I tell, when he first came home from college, uh, his dad said, okay, you can come to work at the at, at the business. And Wells had been selling insurance for, uh, uh, what is it, sit, sit. Sitka or sit, I don't know some insurance company. So Wells uh, had his first job out of college. Second job is is come back and see if you want to work in the business. So his dad has a big desk, almost like this this big big office. And like when we were kids, we used to go up there and play there, and we like play underneath the desk and you know play behind the, the desk. And his dad had all these cool things. And so so he he lets Wells come to the office. He puts his desk in the corner of Carl's big office. So Wells has this like this little school desk that's like, you know, a second grader would sit at. And he literally had to sit facing the corner and just listen to his dad make deals. Mm. And his dad's a wheeler dealer, smart yeah, guy. That's cool. Yeah, and and I mean and and so I just used to joke that Wells just sat in the corner. Just fly li- on the wall. Yeah, and just listened for about a year. Now uh uh, I, I don't know that that's really true, and I'm sure Wells had some pretty important duties. But uh, but the honest truth is, if if you could ever just sit in an office and listen and learn, uh, that would have been a great one to do. Uh, Jim Parrish at MM Parrish used to let me listen to him uh, on on the phone at about about 4:30 in the afternoon. He would call the other brokers in town and and resolve whatever issues had come up. So you have all these salespeople selling real estate. And invariably, something gets messed up. That's why you have good realtors is because things get messed up and they fix them. People don't realize this. But so Jim would have to call to the other brokerages and just say, okay, you know, well, if you buy the washer, I'll buy the dryer and we'll get to the closing. You know, whatever whatever got messed up. And uh, and I would listen. And and you would learn. And, and I was in the, the office across the hallway and Jim just said, just leave your door open. You can listen to all my conversations and you'll learn how not to mess up real estate. And it was a great lesson. I was sitting in the office that was my mom's last office before she retired, and uh, they they stuck me in there. And uh, uh, so, you know, listening to these older guys or women, uh, uh, certainly my mother and Sally Giles and others have taught me quite a bit, is a, just a great way to learn. Because if you can learn from other people's mistakes, you don't have to make those. You can make your own mistakes. I had an uncle, he gave me his list of mistakes. He's like, hey, don't make these mistakes. It's like go make your own, and uh, and it's true. Uh, uh, you know, when when you listen and learn from older people that have been down the road and and can just say, hey, uh, don't step in this hole. Uh, it can be really valuable. So anyway, I don't know. Wells Wells uh, had the opportunity to learn that from uh, his father. Uh, he calls me up and says, let's do something together. And it was a vote of confidence I needed at a time. I'd already bought. I probably had 10 properties on my own. Wells knew I was doing well with that. What year was it? Do you remember? That would have been like 1990. Okay. So uh, it's, it's uh, I'm sorry. No, not 1990. 1999 or 2000. Uh, we got Woodbury Row under contract on uh, October 8th. Nine, uh, 2001 and I know this because I was at North Florida Regional Hospital my son Mac had been born and we're there and all our young friends are coming by he's, he's one of the first kids in our group of married couples to be born and so Denise Hudson who's uh, uh, one of the the, the top uh, a real estate attorney in town and uh, we call her the condo queen nobody has written more condo documents than she has <laughs> Uh, but Denise Hudson and, and her husband Ben uh, came by, and and 
saw the baby and held the baby and hugged Mac and hugged Stacy and I. And then she whispered in my ear, she goes, you're under contract with the Woodburys. Nice. Yeah, so that, that, that was the day so was that Mac it, was born. Was Woodbury Row like up for sale? And you guys just looked at it as an opportunity? Or like, how did you guys even come to acquire the property? Good story, good story. Um, so this is how I tell this good story. Fact <laughs> <laughs> uh, checkers, get ready. All right, so I'm going to give a shout out to Trimark Properties, who's uh, one of our uh, competitors, uh, but but that we love uh, because they raise the bar. The competition's very high because they do such a good job. So, uh, so John Fleming... Uh, who uh, is the managing partner at Trimark? John and I are both, you know, young guys. This is twenty years ago now, and uh, and we're both buying properties in the neighborhood. And uh, and you know, John John's probably got a bigger uh, pocketbook than I do because he's got more partners and and stuff. So I'm having to fight and scrap for every little piece I can get. So eighty four year old man named Mister Bill Woodbury, uh, William C. Woodbury is uh is selling his property. He he and his wife. Uh, 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 Mrs. Woodbury's name, Alice, their daughter's house. Mrs. Woodbury and, and Bill are selling their property, and and uh, in that area, there's no secret who the buyers are. It's John, it's me, it's a few other people, and and so I I get turned on to the Woodbury property by Donnie Rice of Rice's Hardware downtown. It no longer exists. It's like a yoga studio or something like everything else nowadays. And uh, and Mr. Rice says, hey, Reed, you want me to introduce you to Mr. Woodbury? He's thinking of selling his property. Do you know him? I said, I don't really know him. I know where it is. But but yeah, will you make that introduction? And I'd coached Donnie Rice's son in, in football at PK Young. And, and so uh, he, he calls over to Mr. Woodbury. Mr. Woodbury says, send him over to the house. So I go over to the house at 1114 Southwest 6th Avenue. And uh, Mr. Woodbury and, and his wife meet me and have me into the house. And uh, we stand in the kitchen, and she cooks us grilled cheese sandwiches. And, uh, they, you know, he's 84 years old, and uh, you, you'd swear that, it, that she'd been making him grilled cheese sandwiches for 60-something years. And he just loves these things. And honestly, it's a really good grilled cheese sandwich. So, um, so. We, we sit in there and talk and eat and do stuff. Well, this was when uh, we were first looking at having a historic district in that area. And most of the property owners were fighting against it. I, I was never a proponent of it. And uh, in some ways I was right. In some ways I was wrong about that. But uh, uh, so we're all going to go down to City Hall, I don't know, call it five days later and say, hey, we don't want this historic district in our neighborhood. And uh, so we're all down there. And and we're we're waiting for our turn to speak against it. And when when you're not speaking, a lot of times you go stand out in the lobby. So me and the other guys are uh, standing out there, and I see John Fleming talking to Mr. Woodbury. I'm like, oh man, John's on it. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> Competitions. Yeah, yeah, right there. Right, right, right. I'm like, oh. So uh, and and again, I love John. So uh, so John's over there talking to Mr. Woodbury, and so I I kind of. You know, it's like a cocktail party out in the lobby of the city hall, and and uh, so I kind of mosey on over and uh, <clears throat> hey, uh, hey, 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 John, how you doing? And, and, and you know, and, and it'd be like if I was at a bar trying to keep John from taking somebody home or something. So, uh, <laughs> uh, so uh, uh, he goes, oh, hey, Reed, good to see you. Uh, I'm glad you're speaking out against the historic district thing. And I said, yeah, yeah, no, no worries. Uh, he goes, uh, have you ever met Mr. Woodbury? This is Bill Woodbury. And I look at Mr. Woodbury, take my glasses off, of my, <laughs> and Mr. Woodbury turns his head away from John and winks at me and goes, nice to meet you, Reed. And <laughs> so I shake his hand and I go, nice to meet you too, sir. And, uh, and, uh, and, and I, I walk away and, and, and I'm thinking, all right, maybe I'm, I'm in with John. Uh, uh, and, it, and and so Mr. Woodbury and I work very hard on uh, on coming up with a way to purchase his property that was adv- advantageous for him. And I actually uh, I'm not going to share the details of it, but I, I came up with a way that was um, a real advantage for his family, where they'd wind up with more money. It didn't cost me any more money. And it was legal. And I said, I said, Mr. Woodbury, I'm going to tell you something. You check it with your attorneys or tax accountant or whomever. Uh, but if if uh, 
if they agree that this is advantageous to your family, will you sell me the property? Because uh, we'd already gotten down to what was a fair price, and I'm sure John was offering the same fair price. And uh, he said, yeah. He, he said, let me run it past him. And so he, he took it to his people, and, and it did. It, it netted his, uh, he and his wife uh, probably uh, an extra $100,000 or so. And, and it didn't cost me anything more, but, but because I had understood their situation, I was able to structure the, the purchase in a, in a way that, uh, that, that they walked away with more, more money. So Wells and I won on that one. Uh, John bought most of the rest of the neighborhood, which in the end has been a really good thing for me because uh, they do such a nice job that it's really pulled up the values in the neighborhood. And, and again, uh, we like to think we compete well with them, but but uh, they do a good job also. I should have, I should have like planned this better, knowing that this was going to be the conversation. I could have had like John Fleming on the next episode. Yeah. <laughs> like, Tell us how it really happened, John. How really happened, John. <laughs> we, might, we can make that happen. I'm going to get John on the show. And I would. Tell, it, it, tell, it, tell his part. It, let me tell you. Shout out to John Fleming. John Fleming. So I, I, I will. You know, again, I, I don't mind competing with with talented people. I've, I've always thought I, I was, you know, the least talented person in the room in, in a lot of cases. John Fleming and Phil Wagner, if you can ever get them on the show, uh, super impressive people. They they have their story, and I'll let them tell it. But as I understand it, and I've talked to John uh, about it before, is just uh, is super impressive. Uh, the friendship they have, similar to Wells and I, and how far they go back, and what they've done to have success. Uh, again, just super impressive. I I, uh, uh, I have a lot of respect for those guys. So yeah, that's, that's awesome. That's, 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 uh, so I mean, I don't think I ever got the answer of whether or not it wasn't like for sale. It was just a, like a connection, and like maybe he was getting ready to. Yeah. To, to retire. I mean, it's yes. not like he was a little bit older at this point. So, so yeah. So Mr. Woodbury's 84 years old and, and they're thinking of, you know, finally selling sort of what they had spent 60 years putting together. They literally, they owned their house. Then they bought their neighbor's house. Then they bought the neighbor next door to that house. So they, they had about half a block on Southwest fifth Avenue and sixth Avenue, uh, right up to 12th street, Southwest 12th street, right by Norman hall. And uh, so, and these are houses. They're houses. They're, and so, how many houses did they have at that point? Do you remember? There's a duplex, a triplex, their house. Eleven, twenty-two. Sorry, it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. It's eight buildings. It's eight buildings. Can you uh, tell us what you paid for it back then? Yeah, sir. Uh, so, nineteen ninety, we go under contract for. Is that two thousand? Oh yeah, two thousand. Yeah, nineteen ninety, two thousand. Fact checkers. <laughs> this is how I tell the story, Colin. Leave me alone. You're just like my wife. Leave me alone. Shout out so to Stacy. Hashtag I love Stacy. Uh, so yeah, so two thousand one, we go under contract for one point five million dollars. So a million and a half for um, eight buildings and a parking lot that has seventy spaces. That you you uh, you rent to students commuting to UF. Gotcha. So this is before scooters. So this is uh, this is before new scooters for less, and and so people would actually just drive and park somewhere near campus and walk on the campus, and and there was land to do that. We've since redeveloped the parking lot. So so and, yes, and really quick, this is what's so unique about Woodbury Row, in my opinion, is that you have like this mix of really historical looking homes right down mm-hmm. down the street, and then you went and built more like actual, like apartments and studios and that yep. kind of thing. Yeah. On Was it over that parking lot where the kids used to park? Yeah, so Woodbury Row phase one is, we, we called it Woodbury Row, uh, honestly, just in the design phase and then it stuck uh, because we were building row houses. We were building row houses because you were able to put them up towards the sidewalk uh, so that you created a better pedestrian friendly environment. And uh, and it was it was uh, it was the first development in that neighborhood uh, uh, in over forty years at the time. Okay. So and for everybody who's listening, we're talking. It's like right behind Norman Hall. Yeah. So if you're trying to get like a location in your head, like that's where it's at, and it's a great location. It is a great location. We we're very fortunate. Uh, it's near Sorority Row. It's near Norman Hall. Uh, that area has continued to grow. Uh, again, uh, not just our uh, development, although we were the first to develop in the area. Uh, 
uh, th- th- what has come is really nice, and and it's a beautiful area. It's well lit. Uh, there is a great pedestrian friendly environment, uh, which uh, helps helps kids to have eyes on the street and be safe walking around with their friends and getting from class to to home to the sorority. It, it, yeah, it's it's, it's a great it's setup. Spot. Yeah. So I have so many questions, but I'm gonna let Mike start us off. Oh, okay. <laughs> if you have any, I feel no, like I'm hogging so up the entire conversation back, over here. Back when you were starting to go through the origin story, you talked about the having having the mentors and, and yep. people to learn from, and it sounded like you kind of just took um, the mistakes and the the mistakes that they made and 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 ran with it. Like you didn't need to make them twice. Was there anything you had to learn hard on? Uh, you know, mistakes that you had to make yourself regardless of whether someone was telling you, hey, don't do it this way. Yeah, so so again, uh, uh, you know, I, I've never felt like I was the, you know, smartest guy in the room, or very rarely. And uh, uh, so even growing up in my own house, my dad has a PhD, my sister has a PhD. Uh, every time I've made a mistake in real estate and it's cost me money, my dad says, oh, you just got your master's in real estate. And, you know, it usually is about the corresponding cost of a master's. So, uh, <laughs> right. uh, uh, so you just don't want to be like a triple master. You, you know, you just you want one master's. Um, so, yeah, so um, we can go back. So th- this, is a, this is a good one. I, I, to be honest, since I was 21 years old, I've only ever lost money once. Uh, I've averaged a 15.1% return on my money. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, that's a pretty good return. Uh, a good conservative return in the stock market is if you're safely invested, you're lucky if you make 8% a year. Uh, so I've, I've just about doubled that. Um, and so, uh, so, so, when when Wells says, "Hey, let's let's do something together," I'm all fired up, and I've got some money squirreled away because I'm always trying to throw some money at the next piece of real estate. And we come up with Woodbury, and and you know we know it's going to cost us a million five. We're going to put twenty percent down. Uh, uh, was uh, the the Woodburys wound up financing us? That was part of what we structured and part of how we were able to make them some extra money. Uh, so, so, uh, so they finance us. We're going to put twenty percent down. Uh, uh, so um, that's three hundred thousand bucks. I got to come up with my half. Wells and I are fifty-fifty partners, so it's one fifty. So I already made a lot of money in uh, uh, buying uh, AOL back when you were putting the discs in, right? <laughs> right. So, right. Right. So, so you know, we're talking about GameStop today. Well. The, AOL was sort of game stock back then. So, so, uh, uh, the disc, we get one of those discs in the 2. mail 0. every week. Yeah. Oh, dude. And, and, but then you also, you wanted them cause you're like, oh, I need another disc. Anybody got a disc? And you know, you, so you're grabbing a disc, oh, popping geez. it in. You, you can't watch anything but Noah, the weather station, find out, you know, if the wind's blowing in Cedar Key, uh, cause there's nothing on the internet. So, so anyway, so, um, I had made money again. I, you know, I, I, my, my dad was a stock guy, is a stock guy. My grandfather was a stock guy. So, uh, I had bought AOL pretty low, and wrote it up pretty high, and I sold it. And I, you know, I, I bought in at I don't know. I think I bought in at thirty six and got out at ninety or something like that. And and that, How many that shares? Uh, I don't know. I I must have. I probably cleared thirty five or forty thousand dollars on on it. I, okay. I, I, I forget when it was. I may I may have made I may have made uh thirty five bucks a share, and, and I may have had a thousand shares. Um, but I, when I sold it, 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 what I remember is, is I sold it and I, I, I called my dad. I said, I said, I sold my AOL and, uh, and, and he knew he'd seen it riding up and knew I was making money on it. And, uh, uh, and I, I love my dad and, and he's certainly been proud of me, but, uh, that was only the second time in my life. I remember him telling me he was proud of me. Mm. And uh, uh, and you know, parenting was different back then than it is nowadays. We we give our tr- kids trophies for trying their food, uh, but but uh, but he he, uh, he 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 said, "I'm proud of you because the hardest thing to do is take a profit," which is which is true. Yes, it is. Right, 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 <laughs> right, right. You would you would have turned in your two weeks' notice had you oh, taken man. the profit when you were here. So so uh, so the hardest thing to do is take a profit, right? And 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 so my dad tells me he's proud of me. The the the, the other time he had told me he was proud of me was years after it happened. But uh, uh, I in my sophomore year of high school football, uh, I was playing in a jamboree out in uh, in Hawthorne, and I'm playing for a call. Coach Clifford's about to switch to PK. He's coaching both teams that spring. 
I'm playing for Ocala. I, I trans- wind up transferring a year later to PK to play for him. But I tackle a kid, uh, Craig Jenkins. Craig was about 220 pounds, and I tackled him like seven yards in the backfield. And I, you know, I probably weighed 140 pounds. And uh, it was a great play. I remember making the play. I still remember to this day making that play. And uh, probably 10 years after that, my dad told me he was proud of me. And that's the only time I ever remember him telling me he was proud of me up until this this time. And, and he said, because you did it by yourself. He said, you had no athletic talent. Uh, when I would ask my dad about football, I'd show him X's and O's and he was a math professor. So he would solve for X, you know, he, uh, <laughs> you know, so, so I had no help there. Uh, but, but, uh, but he, he saw me lift weights. He saw me running. He saw me biking all over town and building my body up and learning how to play a sport that I was not particularly gifted to, to uh, have any athletic ability to play. And he was proud of me. And, and, and that meant a lot. <laughs> you know, fast forward another 10 years, uh, he, <laughs> I, I take my profit and he said, that's the hardest thing to do. And he's right. You, you know, we all know it. We've, we've all seen stuff ride up and you're like, Oh, I'm going to keep riding it. And then you ride it back down. So <laughs> you ride it back down. <laughs> so <laughs> sorry, Mike. Right. Uh, it's the lessons I need to learn. Right. Right. Had I been here last right. week, you'd, uh, you'd be retired now. <laughs> so, uh, so, so anyway, so, um, so, I make my money on that, and and the market's getting frothy and frothy and frothy. And if, if you look in, in 2001, I'm pretty sure that's when sort of the internet bubble happened the first time on the stocks. And so I'm getting my money ready. I'm, I I need like $30,000 more to have my 150 together and still have enough money to, to pay my, my GRU bill and such. And, uh, and, and I'm looking at stuff, and I'm like, this market's way too rich. I'm going to short some of this stuff. So, so I mean, trust me. Like, I, my, my son, my seventeen-year-old son Logan, and I have talked about GameStop and studied it, and and uh, luckily none of us have lost money on it. Uh, but, but so, um, so, so I short a couple of tech stocks, and uh, and a mile on margin, uh, and and uh, they they go down a little bit. I'm like, all right, I'm in the money. And then they they tick up, and and the truth is, is houses were probably pushing them because uh, it happened all the time back then, and it still happens today. And and certainly uh, hedge funds and everybody else push push uh, uh, weaker hands out of the, out of the game all the time. It, it's it's happened forever. So so I I get a margin call and. Uh, and I'm, I'm holding on, and, and I remember my grandfather having margin calls, and you know this is something I've lived through as a third generation equity investor. And I get pushed a little harder, and we push a little harder, and I'm like, okay, I got to cover my call. So I, I make my purchases in order to cover, and uh, I, I get out of it, and I lost like 15 grand. I'm like, ah, that hurt. I watch it another week or two. It gets even richer. The houses are pushing it up, and I don't know enough about it. Uh, just like a lot of the GameStop guys, didn't really know what was happening on the other side of the equation. And I, uh, uh, I buy back in, or I take my short position, and uh, and you know it starts going down again. and gets pushed back up. I get squeezed, cover. I'm out. I lost. I think. I think it was sixty grand. <laughs> Hold on, I thought you were about to tell us how you got your 50%. Yeah, yeah. Well, 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 it, <laughs> I thought you were like, gonna, like I cashed out on AOL, no, and no, that's how I got no, my this, 50%. This, no, so this, it sounds like you lost money. This is, my, this is the one time I've ever lost money. This, okay. this is literally the one time. Okay. So Mike asked, you know, what lesson did I learn? Uh, within six months or a year, the, the, I, I had shorted Seagate Technologies. Uh, well, this is different from the AOL. Yeah, yeah. So I made the so money. The AOL made, is like I what made, you used to I, like. I made money on the AOL. Yeah, so I'm really close. Well, no, I'm really close, but I still need to make my last little bit. How how much did you have to make it? I morning? probably needed like, to make thirty. Thirty. So you needed thirty grand for your fifty percent. Yeah. And you had already agreed to a deal at this point. Probably. I'm, 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 yeah, <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm stretched. I mean, this this is back when I used to put all the chips on the table. Uh, so so um. This is like entrepreneur life right here, man. Yeah, no, this is this is this real. Is it. This is real. So, so uh, wait till I tell you about two thousand eight. Oh, bum, great. Bum, bum. <laughs> so, uh, so, uh, so we. Uh, well, you better speed it up then. Okay, we're all, all already right. forty five minutes into this thing. <laughs> okay, so, so we, so we sell. So, so, so I, I lose. I cover my shorts. Um, I'm out the money, and and what I learned is within within six months or a year. 
the two or three stocks that I had shorted had all gone from about 30 bucks to less than $2. So I was right. They, they were overvalued, the market was crazy, and they were all gonna tank. The lesson isn't that I was right, the lesson isn't don't short stuff, the lesson was that sometimes even when you're right, you're wrong. And that I've lived with the rest of my life. And, and, and so even when I know I know something, there's things that can go against you. And there's things that can happen. And the reality is, is, is yeah, was I right? Yeah. But where I was wrong was I was on leverage. I, I, you know, the, the nature of a short position is it can only go to zero. But there's an, you know, when you're long on something, it can go to a gazillion. There's, there's the upside's unlimited, but the, the downside is, is, is only to zero. And so, you know, I, I was going to make my money because I was right, but I didn't have the strength because I was on leverage to ride it out. And, and the big guys pushed me out. And it's not unlike what, what everybody on Reddit did to the, to the, the, the houses and uh, to the hedge funds. And it's not like what the houses are turning around and doing to other people. Yeah. So, Reddit. so, so it, it, you know, it's, it's, it's very interesting, but, uh, but the lesson, so my lesson that I'll write down on my piece of paper for my kids and my nieces and nephews is even when you're right, you can still be wrong and it can cost you. So you have to manage that risk. And, uh, and I failed in that, in that case. However, I got my master's in, in that and, uh, <laughs> uh, I've never made that mistake again. And in fact, I've literally never lost money on another investment. Hmm. Uh, uh, and I now invest, and it scares me to death because I go, how many years in a row can I go without screwing something up? Uh, but I, I've been very blessed, and, and and we're prudent with what we do. We, we, while I am a risk taker at some level, I'm a very conservative risk taker. So, so you were able to get that last thirty grand. Yeah. So, what did I do? I refinanced. Uh, I think I, I've refinanced some properties, and and uh, uh, so yeah. So in fact, I did and pulled the equity to pay for it. Yeah. Yeah. I pulled the equity. So, so this, this is, and that may have been in 2000, early 2000. Uh, so I, when my son's one years old, cause I remember him walking, we were at my cousin's wedding and Mac took his first steps. And it was the same time that, that no income, no job loans, ninja loans were going on. So I refinanced every property I had and pulled out the equity and used that to, to, close the the gap on what I needed so uh so I, I gotta check my years on that but but that's that's what I think that's how I pulled the money together yeah yeah and th- those loans were crazy those those were the the stated income where you could just tell the bank what you you know how much do you make yeah I make 200 I literally I'm the only guy that I know that never lied on a n- ninja loan uh I told the absolute truth but but uh uh now there's fact checkers. <laughs> yeah, now, now, right now, now there's fact checkers. So, so yeah. So uh, anyway, but that, that I think that's how I wound up getting the money, and uh, uh, and I may have been getting the money together in in '99. May have been when the shorts uh, the shorts got me. Yeah, I'd, I'd I'd have to go back. That'd be a very painful check of the old tax return. Uh, that's great. So you've yeah. had Woodbury Row a long time. Yeah, so we so we picked up so we picked up the Woodbury's property in, in two thousand one. Well, in December of uh, uh, Mac was born in two thousand one, and so it was December of two thousand one, I guess. Uh, so we did we closed right before two thousand two. So yeah, twenty years wow. and uh, three phases of construction. How many other properties do you own? Uh, we own we don't own that much anymore. Um, we're, we're selling some stuff now, so we probably have. Uh, about another thirty to fifty front doors, um, and and but a, a good chunk of that being sold for uh, uh, one of the bigger developments that's going to be coming in Gainesville. Um, we've we've been a part of that development team, but ultimately uh, they'll probably go forward without us. Uh, so we'll probably just uh, take take our our equity on that and, and uh, put it on the sidelines. But uh, yeah, it's been it's been good. It's, All right. So my question is: so I'm I'm for anybody's listening, like I'm uber interested in real estate yeah like i feel like it's like right there you know buying this commercial property for our business was that first you know besides residential properties that i purchased for my family and i um like the actual house that we live in like this has been like the first real estate investment thing that i've done 
So for our audiences listening, like what's your advice for that person who wants to get into that, you know, commercial real estate for the first time, or maybe even residential real estate, but residential real estate with the mentality of renting it out to somebody else to, for cash flow, right? Yeah. So what would your advice be to that person who's like getting ready to make that step? So I think everybody that thinks they want to do it should try. And, uh, and I've always said this, uh, and, and I would probably start with a residential property before commercial property. Uh, ultimately, uh, commercial property is probably the place for you to go or, or high density residential. Uh, uh, and and uh, the, the advice would be this. Try one. Uh, either uh, sell, you know, buy, go buy yourself. If you already own a home, go buy yourself another home, move into that one and lease your old house out. Do it for a year. At the end of the year, if the residents, uh, uh, we used to call them tenants, but now it's a nicer way to say it is a resident. If the resident doesn't drive you crazy, <laughs> if you don't lose your ever-loving mind when they call about the air conditioner or the plumbing or or they tell you that your blinds are just broke and you're like, yeah, my blind, blinds didn't just break. And by the way, you're not supposed to have that dog living here. If all that doesn't drive you nuts, at the end of a year, buy a second one. <laughs> If after that year, having two of them doesn't drive you nuts, then if you can own two, you can own 10. And you could probably get into commercial then. Because honestly, commercial is a lot better in a lot, a lot of ways. A, a lot of the uh, requirements and responsibilities are on the resident or the tenant. And uh, uh, so that, that winds up being a better thing. But but not everybody has the makeup to deal with the call at 2 a.m. or the resident that tells you that your disposal just broke and then you go over there and find the shot glass that just broke in it and you know which happens all the time uh so so you may you may think you want to do it and find out you don't want to do it and uh uh s- sort of that that that's the thing you would prefer that, that's getting a master's for really cheap uh instead of uh if you go buy yourself a big commercial property and then find out you're not a really good landlord uh, that that would be an expensive master's, but you could you could you could either buy a property or get your uh, or lease out your original home and, and go buy a second home, uh, and and do that with very little risk. Uh, at the end of the year, uh, probably the p- property appreciated some more, so you probably just sell it and get out of it and have made your money. Um, that that's the advice I, ha- I have is is try it because it has more to do with your your mental makeup and it's it's not aptitude but it's attitude you know how can you how can you deal with somebody that that's living in your place and doesn't take as good of care of it as you think you would have uh so that that's sort of it give it a try uh but but try smaller and see if uh, your attitude is right for it Uh, most people will have the aptitude for it uh, and and then and then it, you know so if it, if it works small it will work big grow from there. Uh, I went from one property second property I bought I was competing competing with John Fleming on for that one too and uh, uh, I don't think he thought it was worth what I paid for it so he walked Have away. Have you guys ever teamed up on something? Um, we come close. We, we yeah we work on things so we've been on advisory boards together uh, doing things for uh, for the city of Gainesville and. Uh, uh, certainly, I would collaborate uh, with them on something. I don't think they need me, but uh, but I, I see a lot of value in what they do. Uh, we keep up pretty closely. Um, they're very busy running their company, uh, but but we we catch up from time to time. And I, I wouldn't put it past us at some at some point. Uh, uh, and and certainly, if I was ever going to sell, uh, I'd probably call John and, and Phil first and say, you know, are you guys interested in this? Uh, but I, I don't I don't have any interest in selling. Uh, we're you know we're, we're planning for the next thirty years at this point. So being here so long, what do you think Gainesville needs? Like you've seen so many changes in in this community over the years. I mean, yeah. What what do we still need? Is there anything? Well, I I, I mean, you know, I I think the the question to what do we need is what do we have? You know, what what, what do we love about Gainesville? Um, so so what do we need? We need Skeeter's biscuits back. You know, I, I love Skeeter's in the nineteen eighties and nineties. Um, so so uh, we hear it all the time. Uh, oh, they're tearing down the swamp. They're ruining Gainesville. Well, you, you know, 
I remember when the Swamp Restaurant was built, when uh, the old Chaucer's building burnt down, and, and they, they put the Swamp Restaurant back there. So so all this stuff comes and goes. And and so, you know, if you went to school here in the 1950s, you know, whatever they were building new in the 1950s, they're going, oh, they're ruining the woods. They're putting, they're putting those dormitories in the woods. You know, now, now uh, in the 60s come along and they go, oh, you know, they're ruining this. So it continues to change. So I think the answer is what do we need is what do we love about Gainesville? So what do we need? We need more people that are great people. You know, I mean, why do you love doing this podcast? You know, you, you get to have friends come on and you have conversations uh, and talk about things that people are passionate about. We need more passionate people. We need, uh, we, we need uh, you know, in my opinion, we need more local restaurants. I love local restaurants. I, you know, I'm a big eat local, support local guy. Um, so... So, you know, if you think about what what is your favorite thing about Gainesville, it's uh, it's it's that's what we need more of. You know, uh, new scooters for less. Why 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 do we need new scooters for less? Why why don't we just need uh, to you know go to Amazon to get our stuff? Well, because because Amazon isn't going to be able to service you like new scooters for less is going to service you. Um, so I I think that's the answer is is. Um, we probably would prefer to, to not have Gainesville look like the homogenization of America where you can't tell our downtown from the next downtown. Uh, so, so you know, some of the zoning stuff, uh, again, I fought the historic district in, in the University Heights area uh, because it was going to restrict some of our building uh, rights, and, and it did. Uh, but ultimately, uh, a lot of great buildings have been preserved. Uh, certain I've preserved... Uh, about as many as anybody, uh, and and so now we have some really cool eighty-year-old buildings. Yeah, um, beautiful. Yeah, so so you know, it, I, I think it's a good question, but um, you know, in real estate, you know, the way you make money in real estate buy today what somebody's going to want tomorrow. That's 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 the answer there. So, you know, what do we need? I I guess figure out what somebody's going to need tomorrow. Buy it today. You know, if if I'd known everybody was going to need masks to throw around on the parking lot and drop outside of their cars uh, in in February, I, I would have bought a shipping container of masks uh, uh, from China in February and and but, but and sold them in March uh, last year. But but. Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know what I don't know what people need. I, I you know, I, and I, I always be careful of the words need and want. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what do we want? That's that's probably a pertinent question. What do we need? We need to be more loving. We need to be more kind. We need to be more respectful. We need to have a dialogue with somebody that doesn't agree with us, uh, but that we can appreciate that they have a different perspective. Those are probably things we need. Uh, what do we want? Um, I'd, I'd like to be skinnier, but Sarah, <laughs> thanks for those cookies. So good. Yeah. Uh, An hour flies by fast. I know we got to wrap up soon. I, I have to ask you one one more question. It's a little bit, maybe a little biased from us, but how be, being a having a student community that close to campus, how in the last twenty years has scooters affected uh, what you've done and who you who you're able to rent to and what it's like, uh, you know, for tenants at your properties? So great question. So so a couple of things. Uh, uh, it's been really interesting. We had no scooters. When I started buying property, I bought my first one across from campus. I bought it because it was up the hill. If you go down University Avenue, you go down towards Hogtown Creek, and when you get to 34th Street, you're down the hill. And I theorized that nobody would ever want to walk or ride a bike <laughs> up the hill. We weren't worried about scooters, although I did have a scooter in 1985. I had an Aero 80, uh, Honda Aero 80 scooter nice. when I was 15 years old. Uh, so, so uh, the scooters are we, we literally now we sell our parking. You, you pay for a parking space uh, each month. Uh, How much you, money you make off us? Uh, <laughs> it's pretty good. It's pretty good. So the the crazy thing is is we do we sell we we've sold over over the last ten years we've sold more scooter spaces every year. Uh, and we sell covered spaces because we have spaces underneath our building, so which is really nice when you have a scooter because it keeps your seat dry and everything else. So uh, we literally just uh, last Thursday laid out uh, a whole nother park set of parking spaces to double our scooter uh, uh, 
parking capabilities. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> and, Proud of you. And, and we did it based on need. And, and you know, honestly, we make slightly more off the scooters than we do off the parking because we can squeeze one more scooter. So in does between. UF, man. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know how much money UF makes off scooter parking? Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Well, UF. I haven't seen a cut of that ever. No, no. But, <laughs> but they, they thank you. Uh, scoo- scooters are, uh, uh, you know, it, they're, they're, it's, it's very interesting. And, and UF is, uh, you know, their business, you know, uh, uh, you know, people can talk about academics all day. And like I said, I have a family full of PhDs. Uh, but it's a business, you know. It's it, and it's a good business. They're a good neighbor. Trimark's a good neighbor. UF's a good neighbor. Uh, my other competitors are, are good neighbors. But uh, um, you know, we got a lot of kids that want to come here. And honestly, uh, getting a scooter is a fun way to get around. You feel like you're you know on vacation in Jamaica. So it's not a bad thing. <laughs> on vacation in Jamaica. You just gave me an idea, though. You know how you get those like uh, alumni association like calls or email or, or physical mails and everything they, they always want more money you should start calling them up at like eight o'clock at night sending a mail saying hey I, like i'd like to solicit a donation for all the money i've given you over the years seriously <laughs> i don't think you'll ever get it but it'd be fun no, it would be fun it's a, it's a good gig the uh uh the, the other thing so uh one of the things that colin did uh so i had a, a pretty significant sales staff when we, when we were marketing the last phase of construction and colin came on to, to really help us tie it down and so so he and i cut our deal and we're like oh yeah let's uh you know let's do this and this and you know if it works out we're probably all going to do pretty well and and we did and uh, you know you like to structure deals that well so colin goes around behind me so i i i i, I, I say i say uh, yeah i'll pay you this much if, if we if we get to 100 percent or when we get to 100 percent. and colin says great and then colin goes to to my sales people he does he does he does and he doesn't tell me this and i'm fine with it but but i, I didn't know it at the time but he, he tells each one of them he says look when we get to 100 percent i had like five different uh uh sales associates uh that we, we called them uh uh neighborhood assistants or uh, community he assistants. he did the whole oprah thing yeah yeah he's like you get a scooter you get a scooter you get a scooter. so so we get to 100 percent, and and I, i'm like all right and i'm like colin i'm gonna write you that check and he's like all right i'm gonna show up with five scooters i'm like all right <laughs> the, the, the girls were so happy they were so excited and it, it was really fun we, we we did another scooter giveaway if you're ever trying to promote your business I, I i don't know if it ties in with scooters or not but we did a scooter giveaway and uh uh, so, so we we sent out a text or whatever to to the kid in our community that had already renewed with this one. She comes running down to get her scooter. She was so happy. She had like tears in her eyes. She said, "I never won anything." We're like, "You did now. You won, won a beautiful scooter." We got pictures of it. We Instagrammed it out. It was great. It was a great promotional for us. Just just how happy she was as a, a resident. She wound up living with us for like another two years. She she like literally just moved away. Loved it. She loved her scooter. Had a great time. It was really fun for us. So, uh, yeah, no, the, we, we were we were brainstorming the other day. We're like, you know what we need to do? We need to give away another scooter. That's yeah, right. That's yeah, good. That's yeah. that was funny. I, I do remember that, man. I, I was like, I was motivated though, because yeah. I was my, I wanted to fill the complex up, and I remember telling all those young ladies, look, I'm gonna I'm gonna give each of you the scooter of your choice out of my dealership, but what you have to do, yeah. but only only. If we fill this place up 100, percent I'm gonna send I'm gonna send you leads. You're gonna get so many leads. You're not gonna know what to do with them all. But I just need like I can't control you closing them, right? I'm not here no. to close them. Right. I'm gonna send you all these leads. But when they come, close them. And when you do, I'm gonna let you pick out the scooter of your choice. And that was that's that right. was good, man. That's right. right. Yeah. Hey. It worked. It worked. That, 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 that's oh, right, because you and good. I barely knew each other. Like, and you, yeah. were like, you were like, we made this deal, and you're like, I don't know how good your sales team is. I was like, my sales team's fine. Yeah. We just need the leads. And, no, and it's not that I didn't trust you. It's just no, like but, but, but you didn't know. I mean, yeah. I mean, we literally- I just wanted to make sure that I was going to get paid. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. No doubt. Uh, so, yeah, it was great. It was fun. We had a, we had a good time. And, and uh, uh, I will say this, you know, uh, you know that, that was, you, you really coached us up on on how to utilize marketing digital marketing uh i don't I, I i don't i'm sure there's somebody as good as you at it but i don't know that there's anybody better uh we had a great time doing it uh you gave us great leads you ultimately trained us really well and uh, uh i've spent more money on marketing in those those years than i ever have before and it's the best money i ever spent and and I absolutely believe that, and you know, and and the majority of it went to you. Some of it went to Facebook. Some of it went to Instagram. Oh, yeah. But uh, uh, but you helped us utilize that money really effectively, and uh, and it helped us leapfrog a lot of our competition. 
Um, and it was it was fun, and we had and a we good had, time doing it. Had some really great content, and some great videos that you still yeah. have, yeah. and get to use and reuse. And I mean, it was it was great stuff. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if if your business ever wants to give a scooter away or something, hit us up because we can definitely definitely have that connection, and we usually will even discount the scooter when we do that to course, like yeah. to do like they would have pro, discounted the scooter promo to me. trade. <laughs> pro, no, we did. Oh, they but did. Like, they did. But like to trade the promo and stuff because yeah. usually the complex is also promoting us and yeah yeah you know, yeah so we're, we're cross promotion is great, especially for local businesses in town. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, shout out to Fourth Avenue Food Park that's near us. We love those guys. Uh, uh, Sat squared went in there mm-hmm. uh sublime taco all of that's great stuff you know again eat local all right all right so tell everybody where they can find your complex or where's the best okay. place to connect you i know like that we told them where it was located but like yeah. uh websites woodburyrow.com yep woodburyrow.com uh, uh instagram what is it woodbury road GMB, Woodbury, i think yeah woodbury road dnv um i'm on twitter uh <laughs> you and your family can follow me because that's who follows me on Twitter, my family. <laughs> uh, so that's Reed Fogler, uh, the real Reed Fogler, not to be confused with the other Reed Foglers. <laughs> Same yeah. way. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah, but but uh, hit us up. You know, honestly, most of our business is from out of town. Uh, we love to rent to local people. Uh, and, and lots of my friends' kids have come through college and, and lived at, at our properties. We'll take great care of them. Uh, recommend us to your friends uh, out of town. Uh, we, we get a ton of referral business. But uh, Woodbury Row, we got historic houses. We've got uh, brand new, beautiful apartments and uh, sort of everything in between. And, and you know, I think the thing that makes us a little different is we're still a little bit of a mom and pop operation. We care about your kids and, and making sure that everything's taken care of. So, uh, uh, we like we 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 think that separates us. Yeah, a you guys bit. definitely have that hospitality factor down, yeah, yeah. Kind, of, kind of compared to a lot of other places. Well, it has been great, man. Thanks for coming on the show. It was fun. I, knew, I knew it would be. Thank you. I yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this is the best podcast I've ever done. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> the only one he's ever done. <laughs> uh, well, thanks so much for coming on, and special thanks to our team, James Leitner, Sarah Lentz, and my co-host Michael Dees. Uh, always a pleasure, guys. And uh, if you were driving and didn't have a chance to write down the information of those incredible sponsors that we mentioned earlier. Uh, not a problem. Make sure you go to whoagnv.com forward slash sponsors to get the links to their websites and all of their information. Or you can simply click that link in the show notes of this episode. Also wanted to give a special thanks this episode to Gainesville Harley Davidson, who just re-upped their sponsorship this year. Re-upped Thank you the sponsorship, so baby. much, uh, Harley. Gainesville yeah. Harley. Uh, you guys, Gainesville Harley-Davidson is gearing up for Bike Week with Jesse James Dupree and the Rolling Daytona sweepstakes. Visit their dealership to get a voucher or use the Rolling Daytona mobile app to check in. You'll earn, you'll earn points, which you can use to bid on prizes like a pair of wristbands to camp at the Full Throttle Saloon's Pappy Ho- is that Hotel oh. Campground in Sturgis, South Dakota. Uh, a Jesse James Bourbon Dean guitar, which sounds awesome or a trip to daytona bike week and more uh, all those things you can uh, just use uh, earn points at, and bid on prizes check it out at rollingdaytona.com or give our friends at gainesville harley davidson a call at 352-331-6363 and of course when you do say i heard you on the whoa gnv podcast the podcast bring you businesses and individuals that make you go whoa uh. <laughs> whoa. <laughs> whoa see you later bye